What comes to mind when you think of immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine? I want you to think about it for a moment. Dream big. Can you really let your imagination go that far? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us immeasurably more. While you listen to this podcast today, I want you to let your mind go. I want you to go beyond the limits, beyond all of the expectations you have, and beyond the circumstances you are experiencing right now to what this scripture, what this promise is speaking about for you. Immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine according to his power at work within you. I know I can come up with some pretty big and crazy requests, but too often my circumstances limit how big those requests are. And when it comes to my imagination, my imagination is also limited by what I see. Fear way too often wins when it comes to what I ask for or imagine being possible. Too often I trust what I see way more than what I believe or even want to believe. Dream a little with me right now. I bet you've thought about doing great things or receiving great things. Have you ever heard an amazing song and pictured yourself singing it on stage for the crowd? That amazing voice, excellent musical ability, the crowd goes wild. Or maybe you dream about a career, a new career, a house, or a life you wish you could have, the life you have always wanted to live. Think about all the people who buy lottery tickets waiting for those numbered balls to get sorted. All the while, they're dreaming about what they will do with millions of dollars when they have the magic numbers. Have you ever thought about that? Money, success, relationships, health, the list is endless for what we would like to ask for or imagine being possible. I once met this guy. He had tens of millions of dollars. Success in the business world, houses, independence, respect. However, when I was over at his house one day, I happened to be in his office and I looked down on his desk and what I saw really surprised me. With all of the money and independence this guy had, I noticed that amidst all the papers, there was this very large stack of lottery tickets for the next mega millions drawing. Why? Why would you want or need more than what you have? I couldn't understand it. I I was really surprised by it. And it was a good reminder that no matter how much we have in this life, we always want a little bit more. We always think a little more is going to give us what we really need. Now, God wants to give us more. More than what we could ask for or imagine, but he wants it based on his plan for us, not our own. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's another promise, but it's transferring your plans to his plans. And you do that by pursuing him, by knowing him and letting him direct 
your desires, and your steps. Trust me, it's not easy, and we are all at different places with our trust in God, our, our trust in people, our trust in ourselves and our, and our own abilities. And so often we're just walking wounded and let down. I get that. But if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that you matter to God whether things are going great for you or horrible. God has not abandoned you. There are seasons in this life where it is a real and true struggle, but he has not abandoned you. And he wants to do immeasurably more for you than you would ever expect in your life based on what you're seeing right now. Before we go any farther, we need to define exactly what immeasurable means. I was thinking about this, and so I looked it up in the dictionary, and I wanted to see what Webster Dictionary says immeasurable means. Here's what it said. Immeasurable is bottomless. It's boundless. It's endless, fathomless, infinite, limitless, measureless, unfathomable, unlimited. There is no limit. It's infinity. When Ephesians 3.20 talks about this, it goes so beyond our reality that it has to be supernatural. It has to be divine. That's why it starts out by saying, now to him who is able to do it. It's not me. It's not you. It's a transfer of ownership. We are not able to do it alone, period. It's impossible for us to do anything immeasurable because we're limited by our flesh and we can only create and control things that are are here that that are present god doesn't have these limitations so we have to focus on who has the real power here and he does but he wants to put his power based on what this says he wants to put his power within us to align our hearts and desires with his heart and his plan for our lives his will his work, his big dreams, his master plan for you, and his power to achieve it all. The craziest part in all of this is that he wants to do it through you, through me, by faith. Basically, he's the master key for every lock in the universe. Think about it like that. Each lock has a different key. It's all keyed appropriately for that lock. And if you don't hold the key to unlock that door, you're not getting in. You could be a great lock picker. You could want to get in and have a whole lot of desire. You could try to break in, but that's different than having full access. That's different than having a right to enter through that door, a right to unlock and open that door. God is the master key for every lock in your life. For every lock of impossibility that you're facing today, he's the master key. And he wants to unlock the doors of impossibility in your life. Now, I experienced this firsthand one day as I was coming back from a skiing trip with two buddies. We stopped on the way home at a little mountain town and restaurant. We were hungry. The drive home was many, many hours. It was getting late. So we got out of the car. We all went back to the trunk and we peeled off our ski gear. And when we got it all into the trunk, we closed the trunk. And then I remembered that the keys were in the front seat of the car. Locked out. 
we are looking for ways to break in. We're stuck. So we go into the restaurant, we talk to people, we get coat hangers, screwdrivers, literally anything we could find to help pry the door frame back, get in through the sunroof. But all we managed to do is mess up the trim and we scratched the car. It was a mess. Really frustrated. We all went back into the restaurant after trying multiple times. And we sat down in the booth. I stared at my friends. No one said a word. And we tried so hard to get in. We were in the middle of nowhere with no support. I had already made phone calls to my parents and and my friends made phone calls to their parents. We couldn't get a hold of friends. Nobody was available. I called a tow truck. And yeah, that guy was willing to come up. He'd have to come up from Denver and it's a weekend and it's after hours and it was almost 400 bucks for a college student and ski bum still living with his parents. Um, spending $400 was not an option. So here's the thing. And this was really frustrating. And I talked about it as we're trying to break into the car. You know how they have those little magnetic holders for a spare key? Yeah. Yeah. This would have been a good time to have one under the car. I had a spare key and it was in a small wooden box in my bedroom. And it wasn't doing me any favors at the moment. It was at my parents' house. There in that box is the key to get through my situation. And it's miles and miles away. Sitting at the table, I decided to go through my folio wallet. And uh, they had these leather folios back then. It had a checkbook in it, slot for cash, one for those plastic holders you could put your driver's license in and pictures of, you know, family and friends and things like that. I didn't have any credit cards and it's a good thing I didn't. The cash slot didn't have much cash in it and it was filled with receipts. I mean, like packed full of receipts and it was long overdue for a cleaning. I pulled out every receipt. I took out the checkbook. I just pulled it out of there. I took the plastic holder out and all that was left after I cleaned everything out was this leather wallet completely empty like the day I bought it. I closed it right in front of me on the table and I looked across at my friends. After a while, one of them said, what are we going to do? I looked at him. I have no idea. Desperate. Very very desperate. I told the guys, Hey, uh, guys, I think we should pray. They looked up. No one argued with the idea. We all agreed. Um, and I, and I want to be clear. Um, what we prayed wasn't a fancy flowing churchy prayer. <laughs> there were no scriptures mentioned. Um, uh, there were no big words. You would hear a pastor pray. No, no, no. We were nothing but a bunch of kids stranded in the middle of nowhere, desperate for help. And the prayer reflected that desperation. It was super simple. And if you would have asked me before this event, if God, first of all, hears, second, cares, and third, answers prayers, I would have said, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe he would. Now, while I certainly believed he could, I didn't have any experience in him really showing up and showing off for me. Hearing a prayer for me and delivering, uh, no, I I don't think so. Other people? Sure. I think God could do it for other people. As a matter of fact, I grew up in church. I went to Bible camp. I heard the stories of God doing miracles. I read about them in the Bible. Amazing stories. 
I wanted to believe all of it. I wanted to believe in those stories and in those promises and in those miracles. But it's different when it's you. It's different when it's you and it's never happened for you. That's how I felt. And that's really how my friends felt. Again, it's a prayer of desperation. So we finished that prayer and then we looked up at each other. We didn't say anything. We just threw the prayer over the fence. Okay, here's a prayer. Throw it over the fence. Um, Kind of a Hail Mary. Hope God catches the ball and helps us. God, we need your help. We're desperate. Well, that was it. We, We said that prayer. And we looked um, at each other. And then I looked down and I saw my really big mess of papers from cleaning out my wallet. And so I kind of went back to work on that. I quickly looked through the slips of paper, determined what was trash and what should be kept. My wallet, again, sitting right in front of me, empty and closed, just sitting there waiting to be filled again. So I sorted those items and I moved the items um, over to the wallet that I was going to put back in there. And I just took my right hand to flip the lid open so I could begin packing it again. When I did that, I flipped it open and right underneath the lid sitting there was the spare key. I'm not making any of this up. There was the spare key. Impossible. All of us saw it at the same time, and we all yelled in disbelief. One of my friends got angry, and he said, you had that key the entire time. And I told him, no, there's no way. That spare key was in a wooden box back in my house. Why would I damage my car and put us through all of this pain for hours if I had the key? And the other guy said, pick it up. And I replied, no, you pick it up. We were all so freaked out by this incident. We sat there arguing about where the key came from and who was going to touch it. Finally, I reached down and I picked it up, holding it between my fingers and I and I put it right out in front of me. We just stared at it. I'm holding a key that didn't exist, that shouldn't exist. It wasn't there. And I'm holding it. It's impossible. We ran out of the restaurant and we put the key in the lock and it was like everything went in slow motion. It's like we still didn't fully believe we had the key to unlock the door. Uh, I I still I, I doubted the entire time. I doubted that what I was seeing was real when I'm holding it in my hands. I still didn't believe I get to the car and I put it in the lock and I still don't believe that when I turn it, it's going to unlock it. I am filled with unbelief. I turn it, and sure enough, it's the real deal. It unlocks the door. We're in awe. We replay the entire scenario of trying to break in, damaging the car, calling everyone we could think of, cleaning out my wallet, crying out to God in desperation with a pathetic, yet I must say a very sincere prayer. And what just happened? Impossible. No, 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 not impossible. Here's what it was. It was immeasurably more than all we could ask for or imagine. I 
did not believe that it was possible. There is no way I ever expected God, first of all, to hear me, let alone magically send an angel back to my parents' house, into my bedroom, into the wooden box on the shelf to get the key and bring it up to the mountain and drop it into my wallet. No, that's crazy stuff. You don't hear about stuff like that. At least not in my life, maybe somebody else's life, but not with me. Never in a million years did I expect God to deliver an answer to our prayer in this way. It was beyond what I could have asked for, beyond what I could have ever imagined. And this wasn't some David Copperfield act that I pulled off. It was God doing immeasurably more, immeasurably more. I want to be really clear This whole experience, it wasn't a blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. You know, I've heard of all that stuff. You know, everything you say and God will listen to you and he'll do it all. And, you know, kind of this prosperity message. Now, I believe God wants to bless us 100%, but he doesn't always show up with keys like this. Sometimes you have to go through something that is really, really tough, really, really painful, filled with real loss. And you may cry out in desperation to God. And he doesn't answer in the way you want him to. And maybe you don't think he answers at all. You're crying out saying, God, do you hear me? Come on. I want to believe. Help me in my unbelief. I don't want my request to be so small or my imagination so limited by what I see or feel. God, please take me beyond myself to what you say is true, what your promises say is true. I know you want good things for me. You said it, not me. Deliver for me now in this moment. That's the prayer so often for so many. And that was our prayer. You may have heard about faith the size of a mustard seed. And a mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. And Jesus talked about this seed. And he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, You can tell that mountain to move. (laughs) Have you moved a mountain lately? I haven't. I want to believe. I need help to believe. Our prayer during that situation was so small, so pathetic, but the God of the universe heard it. The God of the universe heard it and said, I'm coming. I'm coming and I'm going to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. Way more because of me, because I can do it. I'm not limited. It reminds me, all of this, of the father in Mark chapter 9. A father came to Jesus desperate for help with his son who was demon possessed. And and this kid would often jump into the fire or water and and try to kill himself. It was the demons trying to kill him. And and this father's just desperate. He's trying to keep his son alive. and, And it's just, it's a huge mess. He says to Jesus, if you can do anything to help us, please help. Jesus responds by repeating part of what the man said. And he says, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Everything is possible for the one who believes. And I love what the father says in this moment because he just captured the words that Jesus said and he responds with humility. I believe. 
Help me overcome my unbelief. What a beautiful statement. I believe. Help me overcome my fear, my doubt, my desperation, my pain. I want to believe. But this task, this request, even hoping is immeasurably more than I could handle on my own. It's impossible. I even went to your disciples, Jesus, and, and, and your disciples couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. I, if you can, can you help us? <laughs> You've just met the one who can. You just met the one who has strength for you and power for you. You can't do it on your own, but he can. Come on, have a little faith. Jesus was there to pick up where this man's faith ended, and he took it beyond what he could ever ask for or imagine. Now, what would happen? Come on. What would happen if you and I would begin to believe and put to the test what Jesus said in Mark 9? Everything is possible for the one who believes. No doubt. No fear. Don't be moved by your circumstances. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care. Uh, I don't care how impossible it seems or what everybody else says. Everybody's got an opinion. You know, everybody wants to give you advice. No, I don't want you to look there. I want you to focus on me. I want you to look at me. I want you to be uh, fixed on my promises alone. I will do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine according to my power that's at work within you. Because I'm connected to you. Because I love you. Do you realize you have kingdom level power within you? The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, like the man in this story, his key is used to open the door to possibility. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, his key is used, not your key. God's key is used to open the door to possibility. Now, this isn't a fantasy. It's not some hocus pocus magic from Harry Potter. It's power and it's real power, immeasurably more power than you can fathom. Way more. And it belongs to God and he's placed it within you. God is the master key for every lock in your life. For every lock of impossibility that you're facing, God is holds the key to unlock that door for every addiction, for every broken heart, for every failed marriage, for every pain and loss. He has the key and he wants to use this key to do immeasurably more with you than all you could ask or imagine, more than you could ask or imagine according to his power at work within you. Will you trust him? Will you call out to him like we did that day in desperation? I promise you, he will. He'll hear you. He loves you. He'll answer you. Now, it may not be the way you expect him to answer, but he does. He hears you and he loves you and he wants only good things for you, even if it looks so bad right now. Talk with him. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. That's enough. He'll take that. He'll use that. And he'll make up the difference to achieve everything that Ephesians 3.20 talks about. I'd love to hear from you if this podcast encouraged you today or, or if you need prayer for anything. You can reach out through email at fearlesspodcast at outlook.com or post a review of the podcast 
we may not know each other, but I am praying and believing for God to show up in a powerful way in your life as you take steps to get to know him, who he is, and all of the promises he has for you so that you can live your life fearlessly.